Hello, everybody. Welcome to Questions on Tap, where we drink whiskey and talk about, well, just about anything. I'm John. And I'm Mark. And today on Questions on Tap, we are going to be talking about the trolley problem. Now, a quick introduction to the trolley problem. The setup of this kind of philosophical question is you notice five individuals tied to some train tracks. A train is coming right at them, and you do, you do not have the ability to untie them in time. However, you could pull a lever, diverting the train into another set of tracks, but in doing so, you would kill an innocent bystander who is tied to those tracks. Just so everybody kind of is on the same page with this, that's the setup of the problem. Now to start off, John, your views, thoughts on this question. First, I'd like to say I think you have a lovely voiceover voice, and if I, you could voiceover my documentary, I would have you do it. I have been told that when I start like getting too like exact about what I'm saying, my tone changes. So you're probably not wrong. You're just very calm and I love it. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I have the opinion, which I think most would disagree, is that in this instance, uh, where, again, like you said, the trolley is headed towards the five people. We can save the five people by pulling the lever and switching to the one person. I do not pull the lever. Oh, okay. Can I ask why? The way I looked at it, the way I look at it is, so I guess I have two main points. Point one, if I do nothing, I am not the one killing the five people. The trolley was already set on a course that is not my fault. If I pull the okay, lever, okay. I, am, I am sentencing that one person to death, and I am a murderer in that case. I am not a murderer in the case where I don't do anything. Now, the common rebuttal is going to be, well, John, you know... That's like saying if I watch a murder happen on the streets, I don't call the police and I could have done something that, you know, like, that's okay. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not entirely it. That's what point two comes in. Point two is that I subscribe to the belief, which um, there is a philosopher, I'm blanking his name right now, but um, my, one of my classes I learned about this, I he wish talked I knew. about how the weight of the world is on one scale and there's one person on the other, that the scales are still equally balanced. Because I think everyone has infinite value and stuff like that, I don't necessarily think that um, just because there's five more people on one side versus one, that somehow the one person's needs are less than the five people's. They're both equally greatly in need right now. Well, interesting. Okay. I feel like that is definitely different than the very more classic approach, which I think I would have to take. If I'm in this situation, 100% I am turning that lever. Um, because to me, inaction is still action. Um, being able to stop the trolley or ma move the trolley, yeah. Well, you wouldn't be arrested for the murder of those five people or the death of those five people. I still think morally, you choosing not to do something is still a choice. Um, so for me, to me, it's kind of a simple... I, I don't say simple because there's too many variations on this, but... It's kind of a math problem that the potential of five people, the potential of five people's lives is generally larger than the potential of one person's life. Sure. And I think so, that's kind of the approach I take. Sure. I, I hear you. And like, I think in practical, in like practical sense, like I totally understand. And I think, again, many would agree with you. I think my very pure, like definitely more like, like in a thought bubble kind of thing mm -hmm. is that. Life is not a math problem. The value of life cannot be quantified into a math problem. And no, and I'm not, and that's why I choose the word 
like the potential because yeah you can't say that one person is worth more than the other but if you take five people just out of a random batch of humanity versus one person and try to think about the stuff that they've done in their lifetime the five people can likely do more good than the one person now granted if you pick the right one person or the wrong five people that's obviously not right. As I say, counter to that could general. be the one person could be the person to cure cancer or to, you know, solve yeah, but I think any if, major issue, solve world hunger or something like that. Whoever uh, invented, like, the polio vaccine, I don't know the person's name, but if you take a sample of them versus all of humanity, if you take five random people throughout all of humanity, you're going to have a greater chance to save that person than if it's the one. Oh, 100%. I guess the thing I'm really pushing against is that kind of like utilitarian, uh, probabilistic view of the world in which the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Because that's really what the trolley problem is getting at, is, is because 80% of people need something, or in this case, so five-sixths, that is, uh, yeah, a, l- a little over 80% of people I think that's need math, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so because over 80% of people need something, the last uh, 8, 15, 18% don't matter. Because, you know, math-wise, math the majority needs something right now. And so we should provide for their needs. We should make sure that they get what they need. And if that leads to the destruction of the minority, then okay. Yeah, I mean, I get that. And I think that I, it's, it's tough. Because I understand that, like, yeah, the whole needs of the many, that can be a really dangerous way to look at things. That can yeah. lead you down a pretty bad path. Um, but I think this, this is almost different than I would say, like, the needs of the many. This is just like, there's the survival of the many in a sense, which again is the same, can be similar to needs of the many. Um, But now I know that we've kind of, these are those like the main two paths that you can kind of think about. Now I'm interested in the way that you said, and I think differs also from what I was thinking, that I think of inaction as a choice. And it sounds like you take more of a passive kind of view on this, because I think there's two ways to look at the trolley problem. It's the emotional side of, I am doing something that's changing the course of these people's lives versus I'm not. And so I, I want to know your opinion on how you kind of look at that, like not choosing as a choice. Okay. So I'd like to clarify that when I say that in this trolley problem example, someone is dying no matter what happens. Yes. Right. That is the Without premise. Yep. Um, obviously, if there was a way to do something that prevented that, that is, I think we'd all agree that is the right decision yeah. to do that. <laughs> I would, um, yeah, I would try that one. Yeah, no, that sounds like it sounds like a pretty good option. Option C. Um, but given that there's no option C, um, my pr- point on the matter is, in this specific con- context, that's why I I put point one and point two together. Yeah. It is my action is directly saying that one's person life is worth less. My inaction this instance is not saying that the five people's lives are worth less than the one because I'm not the one that put the I trolley think it on is the path. Though. No, Again, I'm not be- saying it's worth less. I'm saying they're worth that. Do Whether or not I pull the lever, I'm doing the same thing. Well, then you could also say pulling... If you're, if you're saying that the five people's lives are equal to the one person's life, which is, it sounds like that's the path you're going down. The value, but like if if this were a math equation, which it's not, but if it's a math equation that it's like the infinity plus infinity is still infinity. You're not getting more value each person you add. Yes. You're always yes. getting the same. You have the same infinite value, and everyone's in, as an individual is infinitely important. 
and because of that that the like math problem doesn't make sense and that leads into the other point which is i i'm not going to legislate death on someone because that's what i'm doing i'm playing god i think, god I think in the either problem, way you're then. legislating death though because you be if we're talking about like playing god you being there at that lever is probably not a coincidence there's probably some scenario that led you to be there that you have the option like i think but you're you but you're you're, you're you're adding a layer onto this you're saying there's some scenario that put you there the pureness of the trial if we're just looking at the pureness of the trial problem yeah, you just either poof way. there okay and sure. you don't know how you got there and you have this lever and there are five people there and one person there you're not this like godly force that gets to decide that you had nothing to do with the situation and either way you're killing someone yes either way somebody dies now on our current legal system and stuff i would say that like uh, like if you if you choose like the standing there and watching five people die if we're counting that as murder then obviously that's five counts versus one count and that's how it should be in a legal system um but in like a pure but philosophical... Yeah, I don't, getting into the legal aspect. No, no, no. But, but the point of what I'm saying is that yeah, in no. the pureness of the, phil the philosophy of this problem is this is really about whether or not five people equals more value than one person. And that's the perspective that I'm coming at this from is that no. So you don't think there's any way just... So you, okay. Because the way I see the problem is that, again, it's really this case study on the needs of the many versus the needs of the few. And because of my belief system, I, I very much always lean towards the needs of the few. Be okay, so I guess what's interesting is by you saying that, like, you just, and, like, as the problem set is set up, that you just kind of poof, you're there, the train is going. It sounds like you're almost talking about, like, you don't want to get in the way of something that was already happening, like almost like this, not like fate kind of thing. Cause I don't, I don't know if either of us are fully on that path, but yeah, I wouldn't yeah. say I believe in fate. Okay. Then I'm, I'm yeah, no, I didn't want to. That's that a separate conversation, yeah. but yeah, no, this is not a fate thing for me to be. Okay. Clear. All right. So I want to propose another kind of situation here. I'm interested to see where your thought process diverges from mine a little bit. So say you're driving a car this time you're in control of the vehicle. Five people run out of the highway. Now let's say there's a pedestrian, on the right on the sidewalk. You can either swerve that car into the pedestrian, hit, kill them, or you can run over the five people and kill those five people. And let's say in this situation, those are the two options. What do you think you do? I would, in this instance, I would swerve over. Why? Because in this instance, I'm the one that put the car in motion. Elaborate. Yeah, you are. This is true. But why does that drastically change how you act? Like, do we want, I guess, let me ask what you want. Are you looking for like a pure philosophical answer or the more practical answer? I'm just looking for your thoughts. Okay. It can be either. I know. I mean, we both think in practical and very philosophical at different times. Yeah. So. I, I guess I think in this case, because I'm the one directly driving a car on a highway or a road or something, I'm thinking mm -hmm. more practically in this instance because it's a more, it's a more likely situation. Yeah. Um, oh, without a doubt. The way I look at it is if they run out onto the road, if I swerve over to the sidewalk and there's one person there, the probability of me not hitting them or I can break and not kill them 
is going to be greater than it would be with the other ones. So right, the, gonna, the overall gonna, preservation of life. I'm going to change that real quick. The brakes in your car are no longer working. Okay. You're going 100 miles an hour. You're not going to be able to stop in time. The situation is five people in front of you, you they, they die after you hit them, or the one person on the right side that dies after you hit them. I feel like you're trying to find these options C, D, E. Come on. There's always another way. Um, <laughs> uh, those of you who listen to this podcast long enough, I always believe there's another way. Um, okay, there's my pure philosophical answer, and then there's the answer in which I'd actually do. Yeah, let's hear them. Pure philosophical answer is I don't do anything. I have same as the trolley, same as the nerf trolley problem. I don't do anything. Okay. Um, do you feel answer, any more or less responsible? I but I I would say the thing that makes me question that and the philosophical ones. Yeah. Maybe I take that back. Is because it's still me in the car. I'm the one that chose to go on the road. Yeah. And I'm the one that put the five people at risk versus the one person at risk. You might not have che- checked the brake pads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So exactly. So actually, I'm going to change the philosophical answer then because. Okay. Because the car is on the road because of me, my responsibility is now in play at this. I was not poofed into the car. If I was poofed into the car, it's the same question as a trolley problem. If I'm not poofed, there's a level of responsibility that's placed onto Mm. me as the driver, and so I swerve. That's interesting. I feel like there's there's just like a gap because I I think I would feel the same moral responsibility whether... I'm inside that car or whether I'm on the road next to the trolley. Because to me, that like situation, I'm there. I can have an effect on it. It's not just I'm a third party observing it. There's a clear thing that I can change. I, I totally understand. Like, yeah, the trolley's in motion. I didn't set the trolley in motion. I didn't put the people there. But I still think there's just that like difference in how we're looking at it. Yeah, I think... Look, I, I'm not saying I don't have those instincts, too. And I'm not even necessarily saying those instincts are wrong. I think it's a very gray question. It's just... I think responsibility is a huge thing here. And I think that where we're, where we're disagreeing is the level of responsibility that exists in the pureness of the trolley problem versus yeah. the car. That's where the difference lies, because that responsibility changes everything from a moral standpoint, from a pure philosophical moral standpoint, that changes things. Yeah, and it's also, I feel like this is a good, this is a good one to start off on for the podcast, because I feel like we disagree on almost every aspect of the answer. Yes, because most of the time it's more nuanced, but in this case it's not. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, a lot of times I've talked to other people about this in the past, and when they're like, oh, well, I'd kill the one. You know, that's like, that's a typical train of thought, I would feel like. It's a, then, it makes sense. I totally get yeah. it. Yeah. But then yeah. the next question is like, well, what if it's four versus one or three versus one or two versus one? Or what if the one is somebody you love? I feel like those are all like common things to add to it. But I feel like either way, you're just like stepping back from the lever and just like letting that trolley go. Because again, the value of the one does not out, does not, it's not underweighted. That's not a scale to me. Or okay, if there no. was a scale, they're balanced. And okay, because of we're... that, they, I, I, I guess my point is almost that it doesn't matter what I do in the trolley. How so? I guess that's my point. If the, When I say that the needs of the five and one yeah. side of the scale are balanced with the needs of the one, whether or not I pull the lever, I am committing the same sin. Well, I mean, but if you think about the consequences of that, just like right away, if you see, like, it, let's like say that all of the people on the track, there's five guys like 40-year-old guys, and there's one 40-year-old guy. 
you're leaving one kid without a dad or potentially five or more if each one of those are fathers. Like, there are consequences and yeah. are, like, implications in society. Whether or not, like, yeah, the full value of their life, if we're looking at, are equal, there's still things that you're going to have adding, to you're walk adding away parameters. With. You're adding oh, no, no, parameters. No, but, yeah. no, I'm simply saying those five people, like, we're not saying that those five people, like, they exist and they have had a life. They likely have a family. Just because as, the, as a person... As a human, at some point, they've likely been close to people, had friends, maybe a family. That that's an undeniable reality just about humans. Okay, sure. So my, my point was, is that I, when we are discussing this problem, I'm looking, when I say the pureness of the trolley problem, I mean I'm looking at these six individuals apart from anything else in the world. Apart from families, Ooh. apart from social relationships. But is that how life works? That's why I said a pure philosophical answer. That is always how I frame this, is a pure answer to the these five and one and this one individual completely separated from the world at large. It's just these people. So if, you can okay, so as a as a person, if you're in this situation. Uh, yeah, so if I'm just if I'm now if this is a more practical situation where I'm at the trolley lever, I pull the lever. Oh. Okay. But in, a, mm. but in a philosophical sense, if okay, they, okay. again, if they're removed, for, again, if we're taking away the social stuff, the practical elements, because there's nothing practical about the trolley problem, just popping up and there's no brakes and I have to pull a lever. Like there's not, I'm looking at this completely separate. Oh, I could totally separate. envision that situation. Come on. Almost like, almost like the good place. Like if that, no, that's 100% what I'm yeah, thinking no, in, in my head, I'm thinking yes. of the good place and we don't know who these people are. We don't know, like, I don't know anything about them. I don't know, like they brought... All intents and purposes, they are blobs of life, for yeah, like the yes. lack of a better term. They are blobs of life. They don't have any kind of social connection. That's how I look at the problem. If we're talking about, oh, well, you know, they have families and friends, then the way I look at it is, yeah, yeah I'm doing the same thing, but more people are going to be hurt that are not in this situation. Okay. And so, so I, I pulled the lever. Yeah. Because then I think, think can, about the innocent bystanders can... outside the trolley problem, the people that are going to have to live with it. No, because I don't think you can fully. I think that's. I don't. I was never thinking of fully separating the philosophical from the practical. Because five people are never just going to be blobs of life. I kind of like how you said that. But that's. But that's <laughs> the fun of the. See, for me, that's like the fun of the. The, the interesting part. No, because yeah, problem. if I'm thinking about it like that, I don't know. That's my question. If they're again, if they're not removed from life, like if this is a very practical situation, they have families, kids, friends, yeah. or normal. Every like, if this is like five random people on the street right now that I know, it doesn't matter who they are. I know that they have people in their lives, or at least they have in the past have been loved or known love, or even if they haven't, they still deserve to know that. Yeah, yeah. I pull the lever. But if these are, I pull the lever. Completely agree with you. But if they are not just again blobs of life then yeah i pull it but if they are blobs of life and there is no social connection or anything like that then no i don't because it doesn't matter and at the end of the day the only moral decision is is pulling the lever murder versus not pulling the lever if we are saying that pulling if not pulling the lever is the same as pulling the lever which i still disagree with in a sense like i, I think the one thing you and i disagree is that by not pulling the lever in this instance i don't think that's murder yeah, I mean, I think I think we disagree on the like action versus inaction in the whole idea. In this case, yes, not in general in life. I think we'd agree in life, but in this in this Ooh, specific okay, case. Okay, wait. Then why? Yeah. In this specific trolley problem case. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. And I also think just the whole idea of valuing like a human life, I think we're, we're looking at it from a different perspective a little bit. Yeah. But I also like, I know from other like podcast episodes we've talked about that we're probably going to get into that a little bit in the future. Um, yeah. Just of how we value that. But it is interesting that like, yeah, we're looking at a lot of it from different perspectives. And I also feel like, yeah, the idea that like your initial thought wasn't to view them as people with like a background or anything. It was just like, you're thrown into it where I think I was coming at it from more of a practical sense right sure. off the bat. And like, that's probably, yeah. Yeah. I guess just because of like how I've been trained in some ways when thinking about these problems is that like you separate, you pull apart the outside variables and you kind of remove them from the situation. And then what's the like pureness of the moral action going on? Yeah. And I, and, yeah, I think and I what, was, now, in real life, you can't do that. And that's why, like, again, I separated it. Because in re- real life is different than, philo- than pure philosophy. It doesn't mean pure yes. philosophy can't inform you on real life. Oh, no, I think real, that's the whole but, fun of it, is to, like, but, try to figure out where those two can combine. Yeah, and, you, and again, there's tons of overlap. But, again, no, no kind of philosophical framework works 100% of the time in life. But if we are talking in, like, again, a bubble... In that bubble, I do think that, like, that's my answer. But not in, the, in that bubble. Okay. You and I are in complete agreement. Yeah, but I, I think, I think yeah, because I think my answer is constant in or out of the bubble. But it seems like yours changes. Yeah. I think the bubble changes things. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was pretty good. I feel like it's a good one to start off on because I feel like you guys are going to listen to two relatively different perspectives on the trolley problem. Yeah, and I think that, like, as you listen to our podcast, you will begin to see kind of the lines in which Mark and I differ in certain areas in which mm-hmm. we see the world. And come back and listen to this episode, and I think you'll understand why. Um, yeah, I'm sure once you get more context, more context, our views will be more clear as you get a larger picture. So, for end of today's episode, think about the trolley problem. What would you do? Thank you How for. Would you uh, Thank you for coming on the trolley with us today. We'll see you in the next episode. Have a good day, everybody.